Welcome to the How to Get More Leads and Sales from Your Website podcast with host Dan Kaplan, co-founder of Periscope Up, fine purveyor of digital marketing services. In each episode, Dan asks the experts, how do you get more leads and sales from a website? Visit periscopeup.com slash podcast to subscribe. Keep learning how you can turn your website into a salesperson that never sleeps. Now, here's your host, Dan Kaplan. Hi, everybody. Dan Kaplan, Periscope Up. Welcome back to the Getting More Leads and Sales from Your Website podcast. Today, my guest is Donna Belenke, president of FireDrive Marketing. Really excited to have Donna on the show today. Donna is a marketing strategist and has had many years of experience with large corporations. And she's going to be talking to us today about the importance of market research and really understanding your audience through data before you ever begin any of your tactical work. And this is the kind of research that we as digital marketers, as tacticians really uh, can uh, find useful and helpful in our efforts. So, hi Donna, how you doing? Hi Dan, good to be with you. Great, so before we get started, why don't you just give us a little bit of your background, tell us how you got to be where you are, what do you, what do, you do, how do you help? Uh, how do you help companies? Yeah, sure, um, Dan, well, uh, FireDrive Marketing is all about helping early to uh, growth stage companies accelerate their growth through really smart marketing, smart um, understanding the foundational elements and understanding the target audience and going from there and developing really sound strategies that will help uh, grow their businesses. Mm, Good, great. Tell us some some of the clients that you have worked with in the past. I know some pretty big brand names. I think uh, our, our listeners might be interested to know the kind of experience you're bringing to the show. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. Well, um, you know, I have a lot of uh, uh, clients currently under FireDrive, which I've been running for the last three years, including uh, names such as MetaFast and um, some some smaller names as well in the area. But um, really, I've cut my teeth and started my marketing experience with some huge names. Uh, Procter & Gamble worked on the CoverGirl brand. Um, and uh, Coca-Cola. So I really started my career there, spent several years just really learning the, the, the details behind marketing, brand management, building the brand, understanding the audience, and so forth. And I took that forward and I, I, I jumped from there actually into a startup and worked with a startup called Earthshell Corporation. It was a technology uh, startup many years ago when, when uh, the dot-coms were pretty hot and uh, built a brand there and you know lo and behold things go up things go down um, and uh, ended up somewhere in the middle I would call it uh, with Tesco Technologies a uh, a pretty large distributor to the wireless industry where I ran one of the divisions and so did much more than marketing uh, really you know did did management and and so forth but I really really missed building brands growing businesses and focusing on the top line then than kind of spending my time in the boardroom arguing over the same things that I had uh, for years. (laughs) So I I left there, started my own own practice, and really focused on helping businesses of all sizes, but primarily the early stage to um, growth stage companies where they really needed some help Mm -hmm. um, in developing sound marketing strategies, helping them to grow their businesses, and uh, growing their top line. So that's what I've been spending a lot of my time on. Great, great. And I know you're a big proponent about data 
and using data to craft a, a good strategy, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Absolutely. And the data specifically that we're talking about is, is market research to understand your target audience. So Indeed. I know you have a case study that you're going to share with us in a few minutes. But before we dive into that, can you just give us a 10,000 foot view? What are we talking about here? How does it help us? Um, and you know, m our listeners are primarily digital marketers right. uh, and business owners. Um, so, you know, how does the work that you do relate to the work that we do? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, Dan, but often I encounter clients and businesses of all, all sizes, frankly, that haven't spent the time to step back and understand who they're trying to market to, um, their target audience, and whether it's consumers or B2B, um, really spending that time to understand what's motivating people, what are they thinking, what are the influencers um, having to say, and really, really understanding, do I have it right? Or do I just think I understand my audience, mm -hmm. but 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 don't really? And what you can do with, with the downside of not spending that time um, and discipline to really um, vet their their own perspective, it, it can be wasted money, wasted money, wasted time on sort of trying to figure it out on the fly. And I know you as a digital um, marketer, uh, it would be super helpful, I'm sure, if you knew that that the client really had. Uh, the the data that said that you know their uh, what their what their demographics what their psychographics where they hung out on the internet right. um, and, and so forth it really can be much more effective that way. Good, yeah, I know. Uh, I have an ex a quick example from our own experience that market research would have helped with. We recently ran some Facebook ads, and um, Facebook ads are pretty good in terms of you know the amount that they let you target with terms of demographics, exactly. age, location, but had we known, I think, a little bit more about buying habits and um, ways to sort of isolate and identify people who really were our target audience, we would have spent a lot less money um, trying to learn and figure it out. Um, exactly. And if we really you know, can understand the client or the target, up front, um, then it becomes really straightforward and simple to set up those campaigns. Absolutely, and and what's interesting is, you know, I I I'm going to take people through today a little bit more of an extreme example of a really disciplined approach to understanding your target audience. But um, you don't always have to do it when you have smaller businesses and you have. Um, tighter budgets. There are ways to accomplish the same thing, mm -hmm. um, you know, a little bit more in a scrappy way that are still very, very valuable. And I would really urge people to to spend that time. All right, great. So while we go through your slide deck, maybe uh, you could pepper in some some ways and examples that people who are on lim more limited budgets can sure. get some of the same data. Absolutely. All right, so let's uh, set up the screen share here. Okay. And um, I know you have a slide deck that you're going to take us through. So. Now, while you're setting that up, I want to put a little caveat before we jump in that um, most of the work that I do is highly proprietary and confidential. So I hope your listeners will will uh, bear with me as I, I kind of go through more of a general process. Um, uh, and and not give too many details. So um, I appreciate that 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 opportunity there. Okay, great. Cool. All right, Donna. Let's uh, 
let's dive into this. Can you see oh. my, uh, can you see Screen? the slide deck? Yep, I can see it just fine. Why don't we go to the first slide and I'll kind of lay the groundwork of uh, one of my most recent clients, um, give a little bit perspective of who they are. If you want to jump forward one more, yeah. Um, it's like a mid-sized global company. Um, they 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 are in this photography space. I'm not going to get too much more dif uh, more detailed there, but they have a business line. They've got B2B and B2C, and their B2C business line had been stagnant, really having some some issues growing, and they really didn't know uh, why. And this is an example of a pretty large company. Actually, they're publicly traded, and they had never really done that kind of work before. Um, they thought they knew their their customer. So um, as we, you know, as they approached me, they said, you know, we really want to understand what's going on here. And we started with let's understand the the target audience. They had kind of lofty, you know, lofty goals to double the business, and ultimately wanted a new marketing strategy. But you have to start with understanding: do we have our target audience right? What's the addressable market, and so forth. So I. So we, we established um, a research plan to begin the process, and I'll walk you through that process if you go to the next slide. You got it. There we go. The situation in the background? Keep going, one more. Okay, process, here we go. Okay, great. So after a pretty detailed, what I call a discovery step, so I sit down with the client and um, in probably a three to four hour meeting, get a download of everything they know about their business. Because marketing, as you know, it, it's not done in isolation. It has to be developed to support the overall business objectives. And, and I like to spend a lot of time really understanding the business, understanding the priorities for the business, and how marketing really fits in to drive those priorities. So, um, you know, I, I talk about competitors, competitive set. I talk about, um, you know, who do they think their customers are, uh, what's been going on with the business, and so forth. So that's a that's a pretty lengthy process. And during that process, I ask enough questions to be able to jump into our first step of what this is like this very disciplined step by step research process, which would be the uh, to develop a moderator's guide for, in this case, we did one in-depth one-on-one interviews. So this is what we call qualitative research, where we take either, you, you may have heard of focus groups, in this case we wanted to do uh, a little bit deeper dive with one-on-ones to really understand uh, a small set of consumers, in this case I believe we talked to 12 um, folks that met the criteria that we believe to be our target audience. Um, and we asked them about their, their photography habits, we asked them about equipment, we asked them about uh, how they shopped, where they shopped, it, you know, in the internet, um, what did they read in order to learn more about photography, all these kinds of things in order for us to um, really go to the next step and that would be the quantitative uh, target audience research which is a survey and I'll get into a little bit of deep detail there. Uh, we take then the results of okay all this data which is really collecting all the data about who the consumer is and then use that to develop a brand positioning um, statement which is really the foundation of who we're targeting and why we're different and so forth and that's really the baseline and the foundation to the marketing campaign 
and the execution, which is where digital marketing and digital strategy comes into play. So that's kind of an overview of the process. Now, I want to, before we jump ahead and kind of dive into these steps a little bit more, for those companies that really don't have the budgets to go through this kind of um, this kind of step, understanding your target audience can be done a variety of different ways. In order to accomplish the qualitative, you know, really just going out and talking to your customers, talking to your prospects, mm-hmm. um, and and asking them some of these questions that you may not have thought of. Um, you don't have to do it through a research firm um, like 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 ours or engage somebody. You can do it and just really listen. The key is to really listen and not just assume you know the answer or lead the lead the person, but really listen to what what's between the lines, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are tools out there like SurveyMonkey and so forth if you wanted to do a little bit more, sur- you know, but if you don't know how to create a survey, I would caution um, not to do too much of that because uh, uh, you could get, you know, uh, you could get some bad data and, um, and I would encourage you to have somebody who does understand creating, you know, creating a, a, research, a research study uh, to help you out. Um, right, and that's probably because language is so um, flexible. Uh, you know, people can read thing, the same thing and have two different interpretations, right? And you end, the data you end up with isn't isn't correct because you didn't necessarily ask the questions in the right it, way. Exactly. You can start. You know, there's a method to the madness on how you start a survey. Um, you know wh- how you bring people through the survey. You don't want to lead them. You want to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's methods called Likert scale so it's like rate the importance from eight you know one to five kind of thing which are better ways to ask questions than just ask an open-ended question that you're gonna have tough time you know collapsing the data for example Um, and what about uh, quantitative data Um, I know for example think with google.com it's one of Google's uh, side projects where they they put out a lot of data about um, user behavior, well not user behavior so much as search behavior, but also industry findings when it comes to search. That can be very helpful in understanding quantitatively some data about your target audience. But what are some other tools you might know of? Yeah, absolutely. I think that these are what what I'm going to take you through a little bit is like primary research. So um, my client commissioned myself and my research partner to to conduct this on their behalf. So it was very very customized. Mm-hmm. Um, but as what you're describing are um, are kind of um, secondary sources of data, which there's a whole lot on the internet available. To if you feel like you you want to know about um, I don't know photographers in this case, you know. A part of our engagements are always about like looking at what's out there because there are some really really good resources that are are secondary resources to just dive in and see what what behaviors are, are out there mm-hmm. how often are the average is the average you know female spending on, on photography for example mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but we're gonna go detailed because we have something specific that we want to get to okay great yeah so jump into the next slide um, and I'll kind of go through a little bit um, and and talk about I think I, I highlighted a little bit of this but some of these areas are are kind of what we focus on on both the qualitative and the quantitative survey is we get to demographics the basics of age and um, and ethnicity and um, and income and so forth we ask all those questions 
We also ask things about psychographics um, to understand what they are. And psychographics are kind of like what what are the motivators? What's going on in their head mm. uh, around what do they like to do? What, do they do they spend a lot of time watching TV or are they really active? For example, I mean, I had a a mobile fitness client um, who did some technology in the mobile fitness space. So we had to talk to athletes. Um, and were they athletes that ran once a week or were they athletes that were, you know, kind of competitive and, and ran five days a week and competed in, you know, weekend uh, triathlons, for example. Mm -hmm. So you wanted to really understand, get in the heads of who they are. Um, wanted to talk about what they loved and what they didn't love and why. Um, how they made their purchasing decisions. Uh, do they go in store? Do they, do they go on the internet? And do they go back and forth? What do they do first? What do they do second? Because that's going to really all translate to how and where you want to interrupt that and get your message mm. across. Mm. Um, what do they read? Like blogs. You know, we ask very specifically, are they reading blogs? Or what sites do they hang out on? Um, not just social media channels, but even that, you know, there's so many now. Is Facebook the right one? Is Instagram the right one? Mm -hmm. If you've got a, if you've got a younger, you know, a younger audience, often they're not they're not they're over Facebook. They're not spending time on Facebook. Yeah, and photographers too would probably gravitate towards Instagram. It, exactly, but um, interestingly enough, in this in this case, it was all about Facebook as the priorities. Even even though Instagram came up hmm. and Pinterest came up, it wasn't um, it wasn't the primary. So good to always kind of check that because you don't know. This is amazing because you know, as as tacticians, as practitioners, you know, we're, we talk about the same things, but. Uh, in you know in terms of all right let's generate content that our clients will want to consume and then let's distribute that content to wherever they're spending time online and mm -hmm. I'll tell you wow if we had this information going into it it would take a lot of guesswork out well exactly that's the whole point so uh, jump to the next slide and I think we can power through this piece but uh, these are just some things to think about when you move from the qualitative just like really interviewing your audience um, in a small set very deep dive to that survey quantitative survey um, we we um, really want to have a sample size ideally of minimum of a hundred um, ideally 300 and it might even go to a thousand most mm -hmm. of my um, my projects are in the 600 to a thousand and the reason for that is that sample size then can be sliced and diced into meaningful segments. If you start with 100, honestly, the, the statistical difference is too great and you start to get a lot of noise in there. So, um, so I just would caution if you're going to go do a survey monkey, for example, or you're going to be kind of scrappy about it, uh, really try to get that sample size up or it's not going to be very meaningful. Got it. Um, one of the things that we, significant, right? I, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So, because um, the the it'll just vary too much. Um, when we get into one of the outputs of this particular client is they went all the way. So often we'll do a target audience study, and we will really get a lot of information and profile profile the general target audience, but we won't be able to develop personas or, or segment that target audience into unique unique um, distinct segments so that's a very that's another level of sophisticated um, mm -hmm. 
quantitative analysis that this particular client wanted to go down. And so what we ended up doing through a lot of mathematics that frankly I don't understand, my, my research partner knows a lot better, but we developed five personas that really brought the target audience to life and mm -hmm. create, we created characters around their primary mm -hmm. characteristics. Yeah. You know that, what made them distinct. That's that's fascinating because we do the same thing um, when we use tools like HubSpot and Pardot, right, for marketing automation. Uh, and again, you know, oftentimes as as tacticians, we are, you know, just asking questions of the client uh, up to to develop these personas. You know, who right. do you want to target is the typical question we would ask. But what I'm hearing you say is that the client. <laughs> may not know the yeah they know their business but they not may not know what the you know the deep motivations of uh, their prospects and therefore their personas that we end up with may not be fully informed yeah I, I would give you um, just a, a, a I, I, not to get too detailed but I'll tell you that this client uh, that that we're referring to really had a, a fabulous grasp of where they've been and who they've been talking to, mm -hmm. but um, what we uncovered as a result of a lot of this, a, a tremendous opportunity with a different segment altogether mm -hmm. that they had been sort of looking, you know, overlooking, I would say. That's great. Fascinating. Yep. Okay. So target audience. Let's talk about Yeah, this, this. Is just gives you an idea of when, when we're talking about the core target audience, a lot of people get hung up of, I really don't want to forget uh, uh, segment A, B, or C, or these people over here. When when we talk about really marketing and positioning target audience, we really want to go to that center of the bullseye and develop all of our messaging around those guys and make sure it doesn't alienate the other possible mm -hmm. segments, but you've got to be choiceful in marketing. You right. can't be everything to everybody and you really have to say, where do we have the biggest potential? And, and start there. Make sure it works for some of the others because you're going to get bleed over. But if you start trying to be everything to everybody, you're going to water it down and it's not going to be effective. Right. You know, there's a, uh, there's a Baltimore company that does this really, really well. It's Under Armour. I, I, you know, personally, yeah. I am, you know, I'm a 45-year-old guy. I got three kids. You know, I exercise every day. But I, I'm probably in that blue circle. I am not their target audience. Yet by the way that they really... Uh, mm -hmm. sort of glorify the athlete and promote their core audience. I'm so drawn into that and I'm so taken by that that I kind of just get swept up in it with it and they, they their message reaches me even though I'm not that core. So Absolutely. We call it aspirational. <laughs> you want to be that young athlete. Right. <laughs> yeah, when, exactly. I, when I worked with uh, CoverGirl, um, you know, cosmetics are a, a great example of this. I mean, you know, do you put up the everyday person in the ads? Yeah, no. You might want you want something that is um, approachable and and not too far away, but yet aspirational. So you have to have beauty there, even though it may not be what everybody looks like. Mm -hmm. mm, good. Okay. Positioning, brand positioning. Yeah. So so I I just want to touch this a little bit because you know understanding the target audience is all well and good, but you've got to turn that into kind of how does that affect your message and your brand and um, you know a lot of people may 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 or may not understand you know what what this is and it is very much strategic in that it's you know the area of, of your target audience's mind that we want our brand to occupy 
So I always say that if you don't spend the time to develop your own brand and develop your own message of what you want it to be, um, the consumers or your target audience will fill in the blanks. <laughs> and it's not always uh, positive. So I, it's, again, part of the discipline of spending that time to, um, to craft and be very proactive in understanding you know, what your customers want and then crafting your message to meet those needs. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. Next, next slide. Yeah, and this is just gives you, I'm not going to go into this, but I, I do a lot on creating the positioning statement. This is another four-hour session that, that is very interactive, and it's a workshop that we get to um, making really, really um, good choices. But it all starts with that target audience and their need set, because mm. if you don't know that, you can't do the rest of it. Right. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Okay, So next. we have the positioning, and then we think about our messaging only exactly. after that. Exactly. Exactly. So the positioning is that high-level promise that we want to convey that's meaningful and important to that audience, but how we actually creatively um, you know, describe that positioning, the imagery, the copy, the website, the words you might use, all of that can't, you know, th they can't happen without the positioning discussion. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I know that, you know, you're writing um, website ads and you're doing all of that if if all this stuff is done for you it's certainly going to make it easier to translate that yeah and it will speak more directly to the needs of the audience of the, yeah exactly and that's you know so much of what we do whether we call it this or not is direct response and yes we need to know what the needs are so we can articulate how we can take away those needs absolutely all right, so all this comes, after all this comes what? Well, basically, all this is all that foundational work that I know people sometimes are like, oh, I don't want to spend the time, I, I'm impatient, the money, all this other stuff, but it's really going to translate into a much more effective marketing strategy and plan, and this is where the you know, the rubber meets the road and where do we take the message? If if we find out that, that these guys are online, you know, 90% of the time and that's where they learn about um, this particular topic, um, then we're going to want to put most of our budget online and mm -hmm. where online? Okay, right. well, you know, maybe it's search marketing because that's how they do, you know, if they have a question, they're going to go search or maybe it's YouTube. Um, and then maybe there's traditional, you know, and, and still a lot of industries, uh, depending on the target audience, traditional still plays a, a role. And when I say traditional, maybe it's a print ad somewhere. Um, and, and, and most often it's going to be a combination of things and it all depends on budget and, and what you're looking for. But it's all about ROI. You know, we're trying to grow the business. We're trying to um, have a good return on that marketing investment. And with all this information, it really is very, very powerful to create a, an effective marketing strategy and plan that's going to grow the business. Right. You know, you mentioned budget, and I, I think uh, I would imagine even you tell me even Procter and Gamble has budget limitations. Everybody does, yeah. Um, so you know, knowing takeaway for me here is really understanding the target audience and their needs. That will help you more easily make budgeting decisions uh, about where to spend your time and money. A absolutely. It's as much as resource allocation as it is anything right. else. Right. So um, it, it's super helpful. And most of my clients at the end of this process are, are very much like, wow, we should have done this earlier. Ah, good. All right. Let's, um, let's 
turn off the screen sharing so we can wrap this up. I got to, of course, I'm going to uh, ask you uh, what I ask all of my uh, interviewees. You know, what's that one thing, that one piece of advice that you can give to us um, that is really going to help us uh, make a difference now with our with regards to you know what you've been telling us. What's that one thing? Yeah, the one thing is don't um, take the time and and step back and tr really try to understand the target audience. Really spend that that time and and allocate some resources to it because you're going to get it back um, in spades. Mm, good. Do it up front. All right, uh, Donna, this was great. Really helpful. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me. Can you leave me. us with uh, a little bit more about how we can get in touch with you? Uh, you know, uh, what? Tell us a little bit more about FireDrive Marketing, how we can great. learn more. Great. Happy to. Uh, well, appreciate the time today, too, Dan. It's always great to uh, be able to talk about what I'm passionate about. And, um, you know, if people want to um, contact me, um, I know a little bit more about FireDrive and, and how we may be able to help. Um, you can always reach me through the website, uh, FireDriveMarketing.com, um, or uh, my office number is 410-356-4081. And, um, and check me out on LinkedIn, of mm. course, uh, Don Belenke. So okay. I appreciate the time, and I you know, uh, love to be able to talk to anybody. Great. Good. I'll put a link to the uh, slideshow that we viewed on our website along with your LinkedIn profile and of course a link to your website. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, please remember to go to periscopeup.com slash podcast and sign up for the email list so you can get more podcasts like this with internet marketing experts in your inbox. And have a great day. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the How to Get More Leads and Sales from Your Website podcast. Periscope Up is a trusted provider of digital marketing services, including search engine optimization, pay-per-click and AdWords, content development, social media, Google Analytics, HubSpot, Pardot, and WordPress. Our contracts are month-to-month, -month and we only take on clients we believe we can help. Visit periscopeup.com to learn more.